0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hi, I'm Caroline Ferry. Welcome to this week's episode of My Big Idea, an ASOS podcast. This week I'm talking to Georgia Cummings, founder of healthy home-cooked food delivery service, Potage. Let's meet Georgia and hear about her big idea. Hey Georgia, welcome to Asos. Hello. Good to have you here. Thank you for having me. And I would love if you could tell us a little bit about your business, what it's
0: called, what it's about, and how it all began. The business is called Potage, uh, which is food from a pot, and we are a healthy home delivery food business. Mm -hmm. We deliver all over London at the moment. And the idea is that our menu changes seasonally. We have different things on the menu every day. Right. There are usually six to nine different types of pot. And we have salad pots, super pots, top of the pots, <laughs> potluck, um, protein pots. So there's kind of something for everyone. Right. Um, and our uh, sort of focus, our goal, mm. is to make eating well easy. Right. And uh, the emphasis is on fresh food made with quality ingredients.
1: And how did your company begin? When did it all start for you? Uh,
0: It began in 2011, really, when I was walking. I was walking with my brother, Ollie, in Hyde Park, and I was a bit miserable at the time, not really sure what I was doing with my life, and... We sat down in the park to have. It was a freezing cold day, and we just had this bowl of hot stew. And we both sat there thinking, God, it would be so nice if you could have this kind of thing delivered to your door. Yeah. Um, and he he kind of persuaded me that it was a really good idea, and I should just go for it. I'd always been really. I'd done quite a lot of things with food before, and. I ended up spending about a year whilst I was working in a company, spending my evenings and weekends developing recipes and um, looking—you know—looking at different types of packaging and speaking to kind of different people about how, sort of, working out the best way to do it. Whether I wanted to do a stall or a shop or a delivery or. Um, And why did you land on delivery instead of a restaurant or a cafe? I think the delivery model really excites me. It's so new and um, I love being at home. I love eating around my own table. Mm. I've got all my favorite kind of sauces and condiments that I like adding to everything, whatever it is. And I loved the idea that people could eat like that. You know, if you get home or you finish work and you want to just eat something simple like some eating out is a real treat but yeah I wanted something that was people could do almost every day and help them and they could enjoy it from the comfort of their own home and what were you working at at the time had you any kind of background in food I trained at Malou, which oh. is a cookery school in Ireland um it's this huge farm it's an amazing, it, w- it was an amazing experience because you've got to, you learn, you learn how to make bread, you learn how to make every different type of food. I got to milk cows and um, work at the local farmer's markets. Did you make Do- their relish? Isn't it the best relish in exactly. the whole world? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> I think I grew up on that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Exactly. Um Doreen Allen is also just the most energetic and inspirational person and afterwards I went to work in a restaurant Mm -hmm. in Switzerland which kind of taught me how stressful it is working in a kitchen and made me realize I never ever wanted to do that. (laughs) Um, I've also worked uh, after sort of in my uni holidays in pubs and waitressing doing all sorts of all of these things were just you know, it's so important. I think to have seen in hindsight, to have seen all the different aspects of a business and yeah. front of house, back of house, all the different.
1: Powers. Yeah, so interesting. And so you, um, you had the idea, and then you started kind of in every spare waking hour working on this. When did you actually launch it? How far from? the beginning initial a, year thought, later, a
0: full year. A full year later in 2012, Right. what happened was I, I quit my job and I got a part-time job in Jamie Oliver's recipes to help keep sort of a bit of income yeah. and also, you know, it was a more relevant experience because it was working in a food business and it was local to where I was trying to start it up. Yeah. But I ended up doing kind of really long shifts there and not doing any of my own work. Yeah. And my mum broke her ankle. I got this call to say she was in hospital, so I rushed out the door and said, right, I've got to go, I'm really sorry, I need two weeks off work to just look after her. And it occurred to me, as I sort of sat next to her in hospital, that I'd quit my job and I was on a shop floor and I really needed to pull things together and actually do something and get it set up otherwise I was never going to so in those two weeks I basically learned to build a website and ordered a couple of bits of packaging and decided right at the end of these two weeks no matter what I am going to send out my first few deliveries and I did it and it was that is so stressful yeah two weeks (laughs) well I've been planning for kind of a year and sometimes you just need that something to push you and you can do it and it's amazing with the internet the amount of kind of resources on there and the amount you can learn and the fact that I could build a website really you did all of that online at the beginning yeah wow. and did you have to pay for those courses no not no. at all and because there are websites where it's like playing in powerpoint to yes. build a website and they make Quite it really template. easy for anyone to do exactly mm.
1: Good, it's fascinating. And then, so after two weeks, you had done your first delivery. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: are you delivering on bikes? I was delivering on a bicycle. I used to get up at about 5 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. Make the food, then jump on my bike and deliver it, and then sort of run around chasing emails or the website or, or all sorts of things. It oh, was my it. goodness. <laughs> it was a lot of hard work. And so once that was up and running, did you quit
1: your quit your job in Jamie Oliver then? Yes, yes. I,
0: d- I didn't actually go back after those two right. weeks because I did get it up and running and I just thought you it's impossible to kind of do the two things at once. Yes. And so then you got
1: busy right? Did you initially do it quite word of mouth and quite like
0: kind of small scale and natural and then it it's escalated itself? Exactly I, w- I always wanted to I want to do this, I love what I do and I want to do it for a very long time and I think I was never in, so many companies now I guess grow so quickly but I wanted to grow something that I felt really proud of and that was, that had a very natural kind of growth Mm. and it's only in the last sort of six months that we've really, you know, we've moved into a much bigger kitchen.
1: you're not in your house anymore no I was
0: in my mum's kitchen for three I mean I moved in she said I could move in for two months and I was there for three years (laughs) and I don't know how she coped because actually we took over the entire basement you couldn't get into the House. Especially with her broken ankle. Exactly. a terrible time. Exactly. She really was. She wasn't really allowed in the kitchen for three years.
1: She gets some nice meals. Yes, she did.
0: <laughs> Lots of meals. Um, and then,
1: so you're up and running, everything's getting busier. At what point did you start to say, okay, I actually need to get some more people to help because I can't do this by myself
0: anymore? It was only when I could afford to do it, really. I. How long did that take? Just over a year. Right, it took. So it. And, you know, the whole. I didn't want. I started it with a thousand pounds, and I was really lucky that I could use my mum's kitchen. So, I just. I, I wanted to do it my own way and make sure I kept control of everything. Was that thousand pounds? Was that a grant, or did you save that yourself? That was saved from I had been working for eighteen months before, right? And and that was saved. Um, and then when you work in, because I think a lot of
1: people are really interested in cooking and baking and starting things from their own homes, but are probably a bit clueless as to how you can even like do that. How do you how do you make it like um, legit that you can produce food from a at home.
0: Do you have to go through, like, jump through a lot of hoops and things? You it you need to register with the local council. Right. And what happens is they then come and check the premises mm-hmm. um, and that everything's okay. But yeah. It's actually, I think people think it's much more difficult than it perhaps is.
1: I think because maybe restaurant standards have to be so insanely high and you hear all these horror stories that you're like, oh my god, it must just be like a hospital it's so clean you know, and exactly perfect. but
0: I I hope <laughs> our standards were as good even in my mum's house if not better sure. because you're in I guess we were in someone else's house mm-hmm. um, and now in our new premises as well it's it's really important obviously With so how many people have you got on board now there are. It started
1: with one, the girl from Books for Cooks. House. Yes, it
0: started with a girl from Books for Cooks. And um, actually, almost the whole idea, the guy, Eric, who owns the shop, was always a bit of a hero. Um, it's this tiny little cafe off Portobello Road where there's a three course menu every day, and it's seven pounds for lunch. And when the food runs out, it runs out, and um, it's. I went to go and talk to him when I first um, wanted to start the business. Did he have and good he advice was, for you? Well, he, yes, he encouraged me to quit my job. And when I went back to tell him I had, he sort of looked incredibly panicked. <laughs> I didn't mean which it. <laughs> wasn't what I was expecting, but he's been really supportive and uh, let me have a stall outside his shop on Saturdays when I first started.
1: Oh, great! Um, so, so at that time, then you were working every day of the week, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, oh, my exactly. God. It was,
0: it's hard work starting your own business, but. And when were you yeah. buying all the food that you were cooking? I was getting it from the fruit and veg from Portobello Market, Mm -hmm. because it was local, and the meat from Sheepdrove, an organic butcher in Maida Bell. and the dairy from Buchanan's, a cheesemonger in uh, Mm W2. And
1: so you guys are super healthy, right? Your food is really good for you and really kind of nourishing and comforting and all those things. Is it, um, are you very influenced by, like, food trends and things? Like, obviously now it's become almost a bit of, like, a a joke. You know, we all offer, like, quinoa and kale and, you know, I'm so unhealthy, I'm so healthy. And, you know, it's become quite, like, popular now to talk about stuff like that. Are you guys very influenced by what's
0: trending? Like, do people say to you, oh, I really want kale, I really want avocado and toast? I'm not sure. We, my, I guess I believe a healthy diet involves kind of, It's a balance and it's much more, for me, about portion control than the actual kind of excluding things from your diet. And we have really delicious chocolate brownies and we have flapjacks and we have spaghetti bolognese, macaroni cheese, but we also have, you know, much lighter salads. And I think it's, you know, you can become so obsessed by, you know think about how much you're eating and how many carbs, how much protein, all this kind of stuff and yeah. I want the focus much more to be on the fact that our food is really fresh and yeah. it's using quality ingredients. We work with a nutritionist called Rosie Saunt who shares our kind of healthy eating philosophy and backs it up with scientific research and it's much more about, you know, looking at your diet from a kind of perspective of looking at it over an entire week rather than every single plate. So right. sometimes you're going to want just a macaroni, cheese and a brownie and that's fine, totally. so long as you're not doing it every day. And, yeah. I, and it's about portion control, Yeah, I think. That's
1: very comforting to hear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know exactly what I'm having for lunch. <laughs> yeah. and,
1: um, so now that you have a team, are you... You've also got more people delivering, right? So you don't have to do that anymore. No, I don't. (laughs) Okay, that's excellent. So what do you focus on now that you have trusted staff to take care of the bits that you don't need to do anymore? What are you focusing on?
0: Currently, the new premises that we've moved into, we've moved into a kitchen in Battersea. And I have, there's an amazing operations manager called Laura, who's kind of my right-hand man and is... (laughs) At the moment, I guess we're both focusing on getting things running smoothly. It takes, you know, it really is a massive. It's a, we're going to be there for the next ten years, and it's a massive step. And it's just kind of Laura's now taking over the entire operate sort of day-to-day operation, and I guess my focus is shifting towards strategy and what's next. For right, us, and what is which next? Which is really exciting. Um, good question. <laughs> Are we allowed No. Well, we, I have these five hidden advisors who help me. Mm-hmm. Um, they've. Where did you find them? Then, actually, it's my aunt Nick, who founded Charles Turret, the shirt company. My aunt Chrissy, who founded the White Company, and then my two brothers Oliver and Ned, and my friend Anthony Wolfe. Um, They've kind of been with me since day one and we have these strategy meetings where I get given very honest feedback and advice. That's brilliant. And it's always it's I think it's really important to try and have people you really trust who are part of it from a slightly more distant position and can, you know, they've really helped it helps motivate me because I want to impress them. Yes, it's difficult course. to do, but I'm always trying. <laughs> and also they have brilliant ideas. It's just an extra couple of eyes and ears. Yeah, with
1: And has there been any things that you have found difficult? Like some people that are like very creative find it difficult to put their ideas into a really strict business plan or find it a bit embarrassing to ask for funding and backing. Like was there any bits that felt unnatural to you which you've kind of had to learn to do
0: along the way yes lots of different things (laughs) the one that always kind of springs or is constantly something on my mind is learning to manage people I don't think I'm a natural manager it's really difficult and I guess the most difficult thing about it is that every time you think you're Starting to learn how to do it with one person, the next person is totally different, and it's a completely different—you know—trying yeah. to motivate people or give them kind of areas to improve on, or you know, good feedback, whatever it is. I find it inc- really difficult. It's definitely something hard. I'm working on. I think you're a natural, <laughs> or you're right. It's really difficult. I know. I don't know whether you can. You must be able to learn. I'm, sure, I'm I'm going to learn to be a better manager. <laughs> Do you think it helped
1: that you have done every job in your company already? Definitely. That, you know, so if you're giving someone feedback, they're not like eye rolling, you don't know,
0: you're the owner, you've no uh, idea what it's like to cycle a bike. Absolutely, because when I speak to the delivery guys, you know, I think they have a lot more respect because... You know, I've done a lot. Of, you know, I spent over a year doing the deliveries on a bicycle. They're on mopeds now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kitchen guys, you know, I used to do it all on my own. And you, you know, because I started, I did the cooking, I did the cleaning, I did everything. And I think it really helps, I guess, when you're managing people if if you're coming from a point where you understand because you've done their exact job. Yeah. And hopefully, as is, I guess, the case with everyone that works with me, they're all a lot better than I <laughs> ever was at doing what they do. Because they can just focus on doing one yeah. thing and you it's have amazing. to do everything. And you see them do it and you think, God, you make that look so easy. I definitely <laughs> never did that. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you.
1: <laughs> um, so has there been anything along the way that... Because I imagine with food especially, it seems really, like, volatile. Like, if a batch burns, like, what do you do? What do you tell your customer that has already paid you for it? And, you know, like, things like that. Has it been really tricky at the beginning when you're dealing
0: with kind of stock and things that can go wrong? No, we're, we're incredibly, I guess... I've obviously got a great team because that very rarely happens. Um, Dinner time in my house is very different. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I can think of is we have occasionally the brownies overcook and then we just, you know, we all, everyone takes it home. Everybody eats pots every day and often will eat stuff that hasn't quite worked out if we're experimenting with things. Yeah. But um, I guess the equipment we use as well is like really... Good and cooks and good, everything quite good. consistently. It's all these <laughs> alarm bells ring when you're supposed to take it out of the oven. It's amazing. And um, no
1: would you have any any advice, some things that you've picked up along the way, or that any of your amazing mentors have kind of passed on to you that you think would be really helpful? If, say, if I wanted to start a business tomorrow, and especially if it was to do with Food or catering or baking—is there anything? Is there anything you would advise
0: me to do to get it all going? Talk to people. I think it's really helpful going to talk to anyone you can. Do you think some people are afraid to talk to people because they don't want to
1: like um, share their secret and then someone steal it? Yes, but
0: and I was like that as well. But you? in hindsight, knowing. How much work starting a business involves. No, you know, you someone's got to really love what they want what they do in order to start it. And so, if you've got an idea, you've got to. I don't know. I wouldn't worry about being yeah. stealing the idea because it involves at of least a lot someone of work. that has a whole
1: year to exactly. hang around and exactly. work on it. Exactly. Yeah. And finally, is there any other tips? Things that you've learned along the way that
0: you wish you'd known when you started? I don't think so. I guess the only other thing and is is to be kind to the people you meet. And, you know, sometimes you'll meet people who seem like they're a competitor or whatever it is. But actually, I think you never know, you know, you actually, the I think the best thing you can do is be kind to people, whoever they are, because you know, you want, you'll, you'll inevitably want their support one day and you should be supporting them. And I've met some really amazing people, both kind of the customers that I used to deliver to who really kept me going at the beginning and other people who've recently started similar businesses and have come to talk to me. And... Do you find a lot of people come to talk to you? Yeah. That's lovely. Which is really nice. It's always incredibly flattering to meet people who've read about what we do and are very complimentary about it. Mm. And I love talking to people. Mm. Uh, And so I think just keep talking to people and be kind to anyone you meet. That's so nice. (laughs) Such sweet advice. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It's It's been really nice to meet you. It was really nice to meet
1: you too. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. That was George's big idea. Make sure to tune in for more next week. Find us on ACAST, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince.